Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez streaming with you live every night at 8 p.m. Central to discuss the Dallas Cowboys. I think that I, I hope that you're having a great Monday. I hope that you're enjoying the Monday night football, but most importantly, I hope that you are past the Cowboys loss versus the Broncos. Not entirely because it's still too early to actually process the entirety of it. But I hope that you're, you know, just a little bit more calmed down, you know, putting some perspective into your life, into the Dallas Cowboys season. The world is not over. The season is not over. The Cowboys are still a playoff team. By the way, they're facing technically, I, I know this is, you know, kind of silly, but they're kind of facing a playoff team next weekend because if the season was over today, the Atlanta Falcons would be the final wildcard team of the NFC. And that to me is crazy because it really speaks to how weird the entire 2021 NFL season has been for everybody. And a big reason why the Falcons would be in the playoffs if the season ended today is because they got the opposite win versus the New Orleans Saints. So let's not take the Falcons lightly. The Cowboys learned the lesson the hard way this weekend not to take any opponent lightly. Now, thank you for being here. Make sure you hit that like button if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know by sharing the show that you are watching primetime. And now that more of you guys are here, we can start the show officially. We'll talk about it all. We'll talk about whether or not the Broncos gave the rest of the NFL a blueprint to beat the Dallas Cowboys. It has been a topic of conversation today on Cowboys Twitter and Cowboys social media. We'll talk about why I believe the Cowboys can move on from such a heartbreaking loss versus the Broncos, and we'll get to overreaction Monday as we do every week here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. So without further ado, let's go. Let's start the show officially. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On The Man Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire 2021 Cowboy season. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Some great content up there on the site, both on the Mavericks and the Dallas Cowboys, including this one from writer Alec Cash. Three observations from the Cowboys' ugly, ferocious loss to the Denver Broncos. I think that Alec made some nice points over there, so make sure you read that. Once the show is over, make sure you visit adcsports.com. How are you guys doing? I hope you're doing great. I hope, as I said, as we open tonight's show, that you are a little bit, you know, more calmed down after such a devastating loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I think I am. I think that, you know, I'm a little bit more calm. I think that the Cowboys are still in this season. I, I think I still think they're contenders. Not only that, I do still believe they are a top team in the NFC. But we'll talk about some of the stuff that has come out today and some thoughts after watching the replay today, earlier today. It, it was a task. 
to go through that replay after having to endure it on Sunday. It was no easy work, but I got through it. And I can't wait to dive into the All-22 tomorrow morning as well. What is up, Tom Downey? Thank you for being here. Uh, Tom Downey's burner account, of course. Zach Hodge saying, we're going to walk the Falcons. Hopefully that happens. It was a blueprint, says Rodney, because the question is, for you guys in the chat, the question is, do you agree or disagree that the Broncos handled NFL teams a blueprint after smacking the Cowboys in such a dominant win? And now Rodney's answer is it was a blueprint everyone had already figured out. The problem is nobody can execute it when the Cowboys are playing well. But here's the thing. I, I disagree with, the fact, with, with that statement. I, I disagree with the statement in the question. I don't think that the Broncos handed NFL teams a blueprint to beat the Dallas Cowboys. I really do. And I understand Rodney's point, but I also would say, I would add to it, that I don't think that the Broncos did anything particularly, you know, new to beating the Dallas Cowboys. They were very physical, and that might be the one thing that I might stop and think about. Hey, maybe secondaries in the NFL will try to generate more contact versus receivers at the line of scrimmage when they face the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe they want to be more physical. I May, I might lean towards that. However, they played a ton of single high coverage versus the Cowboys. And Mike McCarthy talked about this on today's press conference. And he mentioned, you know what? We want teams to copycat that, that, the Broncos blueprint. And it makes a lot of sense if you know this team closely. If you know that this team is going out there and playing with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, once he gets back, but for in the meantime, Cedric Wilson, you know that you don't want to play them with a single high coverage. It doesn't seem like the smart thing to do. And we actually made poked a little bit of fun regarding Big Fangio and the coaching staff of Denver when they talked about, you know, betting on stopping the run and making Dak beat them. And we said, hey, that does not sound like a legit plan. The Broncos are about to get burnt. And it turned out that it worked out for them. But it worked out for them because of a variety of reasons, including the fact that they dominated in the trenches and that the secondary was, you know, on point versus the Cowboys receivers. I think that what Rodney said in the chat makes a lot of sense. You're not going to be able to do that against this Cowboys team. Even if you have the blueprint, you might not have the talent to stop the Cowboys wide receivers week in and uh, week after week. But... I also don't think that if you're an NFL defense, most of the time, I don't think that you want to play a lot of single high coverage with a lot of, you know, presence in the in the box to stop the Cowboys offense. I think that you want to put your focus on the passing game. It's just that the Cowboys passing game was off on Sunday. You know, there were drops. Dak Prescott was inaccurate. There was quarterback pressure just about every drop back. And the Cowboys were off across the board. But I don't think that facing this team with a single high coverage is what you want to do. And I don't think that it's new either. I actually think that you might be leaning towards facing this team like teams are doing so versus the Bills and the Chiefs. Playing with cover two kind of looks and two two chill defenses, you know. I think that that might be the trend actually in the long term rather than single high coverages. I just... Think that the Broncos dominated physically this game. 
And that is why it looks like they handed the NFL a blueprint, but I strongly disagree. Now, that is why Mike McCarthy mentioned on today's press conference that, you know what, I actually hope that teams copycat the Broncos. It is a copycat lead, as we always have said regarding the NFL. And that might be the reason why many people are saying it, but I just don't see it. I don't see how the Broncos handed a blueprint versus the Cowboys. I think it wasn't the case. Zach agrees. He says, now we just came out with no energy. We did not execute anything correctly at all. Offensively, we handed them the win. What is up, Steve? Thank you for being here. Jeremy says over at Facebook, we just ultimately played very poorly. And I agree with what Jeremy is saying. But also, the one thing that I will say, you know what? Maybe NFL teams learn, uh, learn a little bit about this. Maybe... It's about playing physically versus the Cowboys wide receivers. That might be the one thing that I take away from this Broncos performance and say, this might happen. This might happen week after week. Teams might start wanting to play Amari Cooper more physically and the same to uh, Michael Gallup when he comes back and see Lamb. Did seem like we were prepared. So it's, 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 it's star, geezer, and I, I'm so, I think that he meant didn't seem like we were prepared. Otherwise, I would be surprised. At this comment, I, I do think. Hey, thank you to Joshua Davis defending the show over at Facebook. <laughs> I appreciate you, Joshua. Doc Walker is saying, little boy knows all, LMAO. <laughs> and Joshua Davis coming in for the kill. <laughs> thank you, Joshua. I appreciate you, as always, here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Tom down his burner account saying, going from right to left tackle is hard regarding Theron Steele and how... He struggled versus the Broncos on Sunday. And I think it is very hard. And we talked about this on the show. And that's actually why I believe this is actually a good decision for the Dallas Cowboys to move Steele to the left side. Because I think that the plan is to keep Lyle Collins to the right side. So you don't want him switching sides now that he's back. So I think that is the reason why... You know, the Cowboys made the decision that they made versus the Denver game and why I agree with it. But yeah, I cannot hate Terence Steele for looking bad versus the Broncos. I cannot judge him at all. He has done such a tremendous job for the Cowboys in 2021 with so with such development that we did not expect. So I will not hate on Terence Steele. I will just say that, listen, I think that the Cowboys made the right call on Sunday by moving him to the left side. Stargazer saying, do you agree with so many fourth down attempts? Now, I, I, I'm going to confess first and foremost that I am full on on an analytics. I am sold on analytics. So I will say that I do agree with the fourth down attempts. I think that it was a matter of execution, though, for the Dallas Cowboys. And I looked at the game again today. And, you know, that fourth and one, and many people have spoken about this already. This is not anything new that we are revealing here on ADC Sports Dallas primetime. But that four than one play in the first drive for the Cowboys, offensive drive, Dak Prescott either did not check out of the run in which he clearly had to check out of it or the Cowboys had no check for it. And if the Cowboys had no check for it, you might as well ask for a timeout. I don't know. You, you, or I mean, Dak Prescott trusted his offensive lineman, but mathematically, mathematically excuse me, that run did not make a lot of sense. The box count was not favorable for the Cowboys. The run was to the right, and it clearly seemed like the Broncos had the advantage numerically there. 
Maybe this was Prescott putting some trust in Collins and Zach Martin and saying, hey, let's go. Let's try and, and get this one yard. But I was kind of impressed watching the replay that the Cowboys actually ran that play. I did not catch it when, when watching the game live, to be honest with you. But in the replay, I was like, hold up, wait a second. And then the next fourth and two attempt, I think that Dak Prescott clearly needs to get the, the rid of the ball earlier. You have Cedric Wilson on motion to the left side, identifying man coverage for the Broncos because he's followed throughout that motion. And then he breaks inside, which is basically what you want. And once you look at that man coverage, you might get a little bit excited and say, actually, all right, we're going to attack with Cedric Wilson. Wilson is open early in the play. It looks like he's going to be open right out of the gate. And Dak Prescott just kind of takes a tiny bit of a, you know, maybe half a second more to get rid of that football than what you would like to. And then I would like the Cowboys to have remained aggressive on fourth down. And I talked about this last night, but they did not go for it on fourth and six, went down 19-0 with four minutes left in the third quarter. And I really hated that, that, that call, that punt call. I think that you're down so bad on the scoreboard by three possessions. You had to take advantage of that because here's, here's another thing. The Cowboys opened the second half down 16 to nothing. Now, there will be some people that will say that is a two-possession game. I like to think of it as a three-possession game. Because if we are honest with ourselves and look at the numbers and probabilities, you're, you're unlikely to score two touchdowns and two-point two, two conversions. You're unlikely to get those 16 points in two possessions, right? So I like to think of 16-0 as an actual three-possession game, even though some people will disagree. So the second half starts, and you're down by three possessions. And then... You know, the whole punt block thing happens. The Broncos move the chains in a weird way. They end up scoring only three points on that drive, and it's 19-0. You were a little bit lucky. You, you were so unlucky with the, with the punt thing, though. But then you were a little bit lucky holding them to only three points. I think that the Cowboys kind of wasted that opportunity of, you know, thinking this is still a three-possession game. Let's go for it with four minutes left in the third quarter. Let's go for these six yards and try to move the chains. The alternative was to give the ball back to a Broncos offense that, offense that was destroying you in the run, running six yards per carry, getting six yards per carry, showing the clock and dragging this game out instead of, you know, trying to bet on the Cowboys even though the offense was not operating and getting six yards. Losing the game early is the same as losing the game later in the late in the game. So I would have liked it if the Cowboys had gone for it on fourth and six. I, I really would have. But I do agree with the with the fourth down attempts. Taylor Anderson says, man, I think we got to bounce back and stop going every fourth down. I agree with the fourth downs after the 50. That is Taylor's take on this. Chris Rocha over at Facebook saying, for the love of God, take the points, especially in the fourth quarter. No, especially he meant especially in the first quarter. I am, I am pro going for it on fourth down and ju in just about every single decision. And that's actually one of the questions that I had planned for later on the show, but let's get to it right now. Do you guys watching ADC Sports Dallas primetime right now, do you want the Cowboys to remain as aggressive as they have been so far 
on fourth down attempts? Do you want them to keep being this aggressive? Because here's the thing. And actually, I wanted to talk to you guys about this. We have talked about the blueprint thing. We disagree mostly. And I think that the chat mostly disagreed as well. People are thinking that, you know, this wasn't about a blueprint kind of thing. This was about the Cowboys having a bad game, right? And Tom Downey's burner account says, yes, let's remain aggressive on fourth down. Joshua Davis says, depends. If we have the opportunity to get points, let's get points maybe. I think that's what Joshua is kind of trying to say over there, right? Now, this is why, and it has to do a little bit with the fourth down attempts and what the Cowboys have said about this, but this is why I'm betting on the Cowboys on moving on quickly from this loss versus the Broncos. It's not easy to move on from a game in which you were dominated in every single phase of the game because that is the case for the Cowboys. Sure, you got the punt block, but you know, and, and you opened the game with the game with a huge kick return. But after that, things were not as great in special teams. Actually, after that first drive stop that the Cowboys got versus Denver on that punt return, you know, the Cowboys were about to fumble that football because that, that was a muff punt. But Calvin Joseph fortunately got his hands on the ball and, and got himself somewhat of a punt return, even though it was not very effective. But that things could have been even worse for the Cowboys if Kelvin Joseph is not there to recover the football. So it's, it's difficult to bounce back from these kind of situations. Here's why I'm betting on the Cowboys moving on quickly, though. I think that the Cowboys are actually sending a message already. Kellen Moore talked to the press after the game and today as well, and he mentioned two things that to me were very important. Number one is that he was asked about... Dak Prescott's calf, and he mentioned that he did not think that it was anything to do with his health, and I like that the Cowboys are making no excuses for this, and I do believe that Dak Prescott is healthy and that that is not the reason why he struggled versus Denver on Sunday, but he also mentioned that he loves that the Cowboys are going for it on fourth down. So it's early in the week, but it kind of feels like the Cowboys will remain aggressive when it comes to fourth down. And I like that a lot. If the Cowboys believe in what they're doing, if they believe in the process, they will not be biased by the outcomes that they saw versus the Broncos. So I want the Cowboys to, you know, stick to their process. And it feels to me like they will, even though they maybe weren't in the second half versus Denver. Now, we've talked about the culture that this team has, hopefully, they, you know, keep at it and they continue to prove that there is an actual culture in this locker room that we have not seen in a long time because we were very excited about that aspect of the Dallas Cowboys. But listen, every team in the NFL has a great culture as long as they're winning ball games, and the Cowboys got six straight. Now, the challenge for the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff is to keep that culture going and that maybe Mojo, as Mike McCarthy kind of called it in the preseason, going now that adversity and an NFL team has come out of the gates and punched them in the mouth with physical football. Let's hope that you know the Cowboys prove that that is still there for this team. Now, regarding the question of fourth down, I like the aggressiveness, says Star Gazer, but we need to gauge the feeling of the game. Having zero points is demoralizing. Now, 
Other, another thing that I think that should change regarding the four down aggressiveness, I, I'm all for going for it, but maybe the, the execution is not there. So I don't know if that is situational football for the Dallas Cowboys or just poor luck, but the execution needs to improve drastically. Now, the Cowboys have been very good on third down in general. They came into this game ranked the fourth best team in the NFL in third down conversion rate but they struggled versus the Broncos. And that number was about, instead of being at 47% conversion rate, they were at 38% versus Denver. Jason Garcia says, just go for it on fourth every time. And that is maybe, I mean, every time is an exaggeration, but I'm more leaning towards Jason Answer than, you know, most. Rodney says, I love being aggressive. We are not a great, great red zone team anyway. That is true. Another aspect that the Cowboys, we know that, have has to improve, right? The Cowboys are a, a one of the worst teams here in the NFL inside the twin. Tom Down his burner account says it can be yes, but you have so much money invested in the offense. I trust the offense to get a four and short, fourth and short, then the defense getting a stop. Right. The Cowboys have an elite offense treated as such. That is how I look at things right now with the Dallas Cowboys. I love what the defense is doing so far. But the offense is supposedly the, the elite unit that you're hoping will get you into that NFC championship game. And with a little bit of luck, of course, the Super Bowl or, or, or things like that. But you're betting on the, cow, on the on your offense to get you there. So, yeah. Ricky Gracie says, be aggressive, but be smart. Don't go for it on fourth early in your territory. Gotta play smarter. Defense played bad, but they were worn out because our offense couldn't make plays to extend drives. It's okay to punt. And there's also context, right? There's, there, there's always context involved in this conversation. Now, Anthony says, arrogance, going for it on fourth down on our side of the field and disrespectful to the opponent. But listen. Now, Roger says, Roger here says, this team is not good. It was 30 to nothing. At some point, Roger also said here in the chat that this team is fraudulent. I'm not sure that I agree with that, but I will get to some concerns that I have later on on the show. But regarding the four down attempts, though, I'm not sure that it's arrogance. I see why I see where that comment is coming from, from Anthony. I don't think it's about arrogance. I think it's always about playing to win. And playing to win is different than playing not to lose, right? So if you are on four than one, literally, statistically speaking, and I know not everything uh, is stats, but I really do think that they paint a reality in the NFL. Most of the time, you will move the chains on fourth and one. Like teams are converting at 65, 75% rates on fourth and one, right? So even if you are in your own territory, I think that fourth and one is a situation in which you want to go for it. Now, if it's late in the game and you're down by three possessions and your defense is, you know, allowing six yards per carry, why not play to win in that sort of situations instead of handing the football back to the other team and have them shoot a clock. And there's also the thing that if you are on the opponent's territory, even if you are at the 45-yard line and you are thinking, hey, if we kick a field goal from here, we will not get it, so let's punt. The four-down conversation is all about what would I rather do? 
go for it and have the opposing offense start their drive, let's say, at their own 45-yard line close to the midfield? Or would I rather have them maybe, you know, punt the football for a touchback, have them start at the 20 or 25-yard line, and then, you know, risk the probability of them being at that 45-yard line that they would have started at two or three plays later. It's more about that. It's, it's easier for the opponent to go for, from their own 20 to the, their own 45-yard line. And that is one of the main arguments for going for it on fourth down. I really do recommend reading on, on this topic because this is something that I did not know about two years ago before I, you know, dived into the conversations and I looked at the numbers and it's really just great theory, but not only theory, if a team adopts this philosophy of being aggressive on fourth down, it really helps them get themselves in positions to win football games. Jay Cena says, Josh Ball is injured and he has been for a while. He started the season in injured list. And we, are, we do not really know what will happen with, with Judge Ball. We have heard suspiciously little about the four-round draft pick from the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting player who I would assume that if he gets back at any point this season, maybe he's the player that kicks Ty and Seke out of this team because Ty has, has struggled in the preseason and in the re- regular season versus the Vikings, he struggled mightily. So if Josh Ball comes back at any moment this season, I think that that is it for Ty Seki. I think that he's out of the team. Because I think that Josh Ball at least is supposed to have enough talent to be a swing tackle in the NFL. The fact that he wasn't around for most of training camp, though, might be complicating his development as a rookie. Tom Downey's burner account says, Can we talk about Lyle Collins? Last time this guy looked good was in 2019, says Tom Downey's burner account. I, 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 I'm not sure. I want to take, that, that is the one player that I want to look at closely in the old 22 film because I'm, I, I really did not get a feel for what, how Lyle Collins played. I know he had costly penalties, right? But I want to dive into the tape and watch how 71 performed. I do believe that he's better than Terrence Steele. And I do believe that even though we have not seen him in a while, he, he, will, he would not be the first player to come back from injury in, 20, in more than a season and be the same player that he was before. So I'm still holding out hope for Lyle Collins. The off-the-field issues, though, I really don't know. There are some rumors out there saying that maybe he pissed off someone within the organization. And with those kind of situations, you really never know. But... I, I do think that athletically, he's still the same guy and that he can still perform at a high level for the Dallas Cowboys. But I have not di- dived into the film yet. That is one of the top players that I want to watch with a close eye. Also, Leighton Vanderich. I think that he had a good game. Michael Parsons had a good game, but I'm also kind of feeling after watching that, origin- that replay today, the, the condensed version, that 55 had somewhat of a good game. I will let you know more thoughts on this tomorrow when I dive into the old 22. Now, I think just to recap, I think that the Cowboys can move on quickly from this Broncos loss because I think that they will stick to their identity. Mike McCarthy talking about, you know, we don't care about that blueprint. Show it to us and we'll beat you even if you go out with the same blueprint that the Broncos played us. 
You're still going to be aggressive on fourth down. Dak Prescott is not injured. He just sucked for one day. I think that this team is really, you know, sticking to who they are, and I like that. And they have a perfect chance to bounce back. Listen, the Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. If the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs, but the Cowboys should be the better team in that football game, and hopefully the Cowboys get the better of them. That is a poor defense in Atlanta, and that is different than maybe what well, maybe they're not able to be as physical as the Broncos surprisingly were versus the Cowboys. So let's 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 wait it out and see what happens on Sunday. Tomorrow we'll start talking more about the Broncos and taking some early looks at them and more. Eliu Varela saying Eliu Varela saying over here, Cowboys have to play balanced football. Unfortunately, last uh, on Sunday there wasn't a lot of opportunity to do so because the Cowboys offense was off the field for most of the game. Hopefully, on Sunday, they get back to a more balanced attack. Now, remember, a balanced offense is not 50% run and 50% pass. And as one of the most quotable coaches in football once said, Mike Leach, that is not that is not balanced because that is only 50% stupid, right? So hopefully versus the Falcons, they get back to being a truly balanced offense. You know, in the short game, the deep game, the middle game, all of it. Outside runs, inside runs, play action, more play action, please. Hopefully that is the case. And hey, a, a few more seconds for Dak Prescott as well. I think that Prescott played poorly versus the Broncos, but also he was running for his life in a quite a, a few of those plays right? Cowboys Nation over here saying, we will be good. It's a wake-up call. We are out celebrating Canelo win. Now, I really don't want to mess this up. I'm, I'm maybe not even allowed to do this, but if my bosses are watching, I'm sorry. I need to do this. Watch that Canva that I have over there on the other wall. That is Canelo knocking out Billy Joe Sanders at AT&T Stadium when they actually broke the record for an indoor audience for a boxing match. But yeah, that was a great win for Canelo. Knockout win in the 11th round. I really thought he was not going to get it, but he got it versus Caleb Plant. Now the 168 belts are unified by the Mexican champion. I really love Canelo, guys. Fun fact about me. That might as well have been my one cool thing of the week on Wednesday that we were getting a weekend fight from Canelo. And if you're into UFC, by the way, Saturday was a night for fight fans. That was just crazy action from Justin Gagey and Michael Chandler. But don't worry, I will not dive in. I'm just saying, if you guys are into fighting, you know that Saturday was a great night. It really was. And hey, Canelo has turned down his burner account saying, hey, Canelo is the truth. He really is. Joshua Davis saying, Dak did excellent in the pocket. And Mauricio, you're going to be in trouble now. Hopefully, I won't. They know about my love for Canelo. They might be a little bit, you know, angry because their boy, Caleb Plant, was from Tennessee. And, you know, ADC Sports Nashville, they might be more pissed about that, though. They might be a little bit hurt about Canelo whooping on Caleb Plant and knocking him out. <laughs> All right. Now I'm really in trouble, though. Let's get to Overreaction Monday. <laughs> Let's get to Overreaction Monday. And this is a special edition. We will not get into the rest of the NFL. We will just get into a Cowboys blowout edition. Should we press the panic button? Should we not press the panic button? 
and, and, and let's get into this. But before we do that, we have some fighting comments in the, in the, in the show. Steve White says, MMA rocks. I missed it. Hey, if you can watch the replay, get your hands on it because it was a great night. It, the main card, at least watch the main card. It was quite, quite good. Tom Downey saying, Usman Covington, well, Barner account saying, Usman Covington was a good match. It really was uh, quite closer than I thought it would be. 2-2 maybe going into that fifth round. Love how the referee said to Colby, you're not getting more time. Canelo should coach the boys to be more physical because what I saw in Sunday very much lacked violence. I love this comment from Tommy. Jason saying Mexican fighters. How about Brandon Moreno as well in the UFC? Can't wait for, you know, next January. Now on Saturday, actually, we have a fighter who is from my hometown here in Chihuahua. Well, not really my hometown, my state. He's from Chihuahua, but he's from another city. So, Jair Rodriguez, he will, I think he will be destroyed, though, on Saturday by Max Holloway. You never know, right? Sports. But, hey, Anthony's saying, what about Kansas City, Las Vegas, and the Saints? I would expect to lose two division games. I'm thinking 11-6 and six or 12-5. and five. Hopefully not. Hopefully, you know, hopefully the Cowboys close the season in a better way than that. At least 11-6. and six would seem a little bit low to me after what we have seen so far. Now, let's get into overreaction Monday, Cowboys blowout edition. And you remember the rules. I give you one statement and you answer it in the chat if you think it is a fair reaction or an overreaction after what we saw on Sunday. So let's go. First and foremost, the Cowboys wide receivers will continue to struggle versus physical coverage. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? And I think this is an interesting question. Bobby Belt talked a little bit about it on his show. And he said, you know what? The receivers from the Cowboys are more about finesse than they are physical. The entire Cowboys offense is more about finesse than they are physical. So I think this is an interesting question. And I think that I, I would say overreaction because I think that the Cowboys have faced physical secondaries before and they have not, they have been able to you know overcome it but i also believe that as i said earlier on the show if there is one thing that i truly believe that nfl teams might copy from the broncos so called blueprint in which we don't believe is that they might be a little bit more physical cowboys nation says that is an overreaction burner account saying i think that is fair joshua davis saying that is an over Reaction. I'm leaning overreaction, but I will say that I'm not so sure. I think that, you know, that might be one of the main concerns that I had after watching this game. Albert saying overreaction and burner account saying most modern wide receivers are used to not being handled at the line of scrimmage compared to 20 years ago. And that is true. And, and we're not seeing as much press coverage as before. Now, Elio says that is a fair reaction. Thomas is over. Gallup make it, says Jason. Uh, uh, Albert says overreaction. Hey, Gallup looking like he will play versus the Falcons, by the way. I think that is the expectation for number 13. Now, moving on to the next statement here on Overreaction Monday. Here we go. The Cowboys need desperate pass rushing help. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? It's still quite late. It is quite late to get some significant help there. The Cowboys made no moves at the trade deadline. You're not getting a lot of help help in the market. 
But I will say this is a fair reaction. I do think that the Cowboys are still struggling when it comes to rushing the passer. And I think they were doing so before the Broncos game. And we, we've talked about this frequently here on primetime. The Cowboys at some point in the season were bottom 12 in pass rush win rate. They're not looking great beyond Micah Parsons and Randy Gregory. And the thing is, Parsons is not a full-time pass rusher for the Cowboys. He's playing a lot of linebacker, and he's doing it well. And that is the reason maybe why you want him to remain as an off-the-ball linebacker, or at least not, not as a full-time pass rusher. So I will say that that is an, uh, a fair reaction. The one way that the Cowboys can get help for their pass rush is with players getting healthy. And that is the Marcus Lawrence coming back from injury. The same for Tristan Hill, maybe. And the same for Neville Gallimore, who we have apparently forgotten about. We talk a lot about Lawrence, about Gallup. And sometimes I forget that Neville Gallimore is not here in the first place. He was our projected three-tech starter at defensive tackle. Now, let's take a look at some of the answers here in the chat. Tom Downey Burner account saying fair reaction against stargazing saying fair. I think people are leaning more towards fair on this one, even though Lunatic says that is an overreaction. Albert goes with fair as well. Steve White points out that, hey, we're getting back Demarcus Lawrence. Elio does the same. He says, just wait for Lawrence. So overreaction. Tommy going with fair as well. Uh, let's see. Joshua also said fair. Kenny, a lot of people leaning towards, you know, we actually do kind of need more help in the pass rush department, right? Parsons was out of the game for a stretch on Sunday, says Star Gazer. That is um, a, a good point. TC915, Tommy saying, we have some pass rush from Osa and Randy, but that's about it, even though Micah did good on Sunday. I might be wrong about this, but it seems to me that even though Osa has his moments, and this is completely fair given that he's a rookie, I think that he has not been as consistent as he started the season, as when he started the season, right? Neville Gallimore will help. I might be wrong about what I just said about Oza. That is what I feel without actually going in depth on his study in the All-22. But I do think that at some moments he has, you know, getting gotten handled. But it's fair because he's a rookie and he's very promising, actually. Now, another, and this might be a little bit of a weird one, I'm all, I also want to look at how the Cowboys performed in 12 personnel, but it seemed to me that versus the Broncos, they were not as efficient running with one running back and two tight ends. But here's the question. Without Blake Jarwin, the Cowboys will steer away from 12 personnel. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? We don't know how long it will take for Blake Jarwin to come back. The Broncos game was the first one without him. He was placed on injured reserve, though, so at least two more games without Blake. And I do think that maybe the Cowboys will not be able to lean to, on that 12 personnel formations as much as they were doing so because they were one of the teams to use it the most through the first six weeks of the season. And they were actually the, one of the most efficient teams when running plays out of 12 personnel. So I think that Sean McKeon can still perform for this team. So I will say that I will say that that is a fair reaction, but I'm a little bit concerned with the fact that I I would much rather have you know Jarwin and Schultz out there because McKeon is not a great blocker either. He he has good hands, but he's not an upgrade in the blocking game 
over Blake Jarwin, even though Jarwin has his struggles as a blocker. But I think that McKeon does not does, does not upgrade you even at that. And he also and he is definitely a downgrade as a receiver, right? So you know what? I'm actually leaning towards fair reaction. Maybe they, they still use it, but maybe not as frequently as they were through the first few weeks of the season. So I will say fair reaction on this one. Overreaction, saying over here, Joshua Davis. How about Lenatic bringing this up? I think it is interesting. I had not even thought about this. Now we know how important Irvin and 77 are. Brent Irvin, an injury and a player that we might be missing a little bit more than giving credit for. Maybe not with the sacks, but he does get a lot of pressure, says TC915. Fair McKeon coming back from injury, says Lenatic. Albert Diaz saying overreacting. Probably first is Abraham Rodriguez. Over, we just got out our players. Stargazer saying fair overreaction. Yeah. That is a good, that is a good, a, a good question, I believe. On the fence on this question, says Tom Downey's burning account. Hey, it was a good one. It was a good one. Uh, Darwin and his outfield speed would worry defenses. Yeah, it would, it would give Dak Prescott, you know, that seam threat on these kind of plays. Okay, the blitz not obvious passing downs. We need to work on these guys in our blitzing, says Anthony Gentiliao. I agree, Dylanatic. This is a young team, and we will have some inconsistencies. Now, one more, one last one before we leave tonight. One more. Dallas Young, what is up? Thank you for joining the show, coming in and saying that's an overreaction. All right, one more. And I'm pretty sure how this one will go before we leave tonight on primetime. The Cowboys will never again, I'm not talking about 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I'm talking about never here, guys. The Cowboys will never again wear the red stripes for any kind of game. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? I just had to include this one way or another on the show. That that red stripe will get a fame of its own after what we saw on Sunday. So I certainly believe that this is a totally fair reaction. I will say that that is a fair reaction. The Cowboys will be somewhat superstitious about it, and then they will never use this red stripe. That is how I believe this will go. Now, people, uh, at least the first couple of answers are disagreeing with me. Stargazer says that is overreaction. Tom down his burner account saying Jerry loves money. He believes a, a he makes a good point. They will to Steve White overreaction to Joshua Davis. Let's hope not Rodney. We lost the NFC Championship game in '76 all season with the red stripe. Overreaction says Lenatic. Hey, I, I would like to get to that NFC Championship game. Albert says fair. Cowboys Nation goes with fair as well. We had to include that one way or another. So, guys, before you leave, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Jason says, burn it. Not only never wear it again, but actually burn this uh, red stripe. RB Nightmare saying the red stripe has nothing to do with how this team performed. Well, obviously, it, it is more of, of a joke than anything else here on primetime. So I, I agree with RB Nightmare. It has nothing to do with it, just like the Navy jerseys have nothing to do with it, but still they have this coarse 
fame of, of their own. But I agree with Arby. We're not seriously suggesting here in the show that it actually impacted the game. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for being here on the show. I do agree with Lunatic, though. I'm not a Rowdy fan. I'm sorry, Rowdy. If you're watching primetime, I'm sorry, but I'm not a fan of you. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining ADC Sports Dallas primetime. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content. I, I, um, I really hope that you guys check this article out from Alec Cash on three observations from the Cowboys' ugly, ferocious loss to the Denver Broncos. Make sure you check that out. We will have more thoughts on the Cowboys tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central. And maybe we take an early look at the Falcons. I don't know. Listen, I'm not, I'm not underestimating any, any team anymore here in the NFL. After what we have been seeing around the NFL, including what has happened to the Cowboys, I am not putting anything besides the Cowboys. So thank you guys for being here. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Hope you enjoy your Monday night. Hope you hope we get a good second half of football on Monday night and we will and I will see you guys tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you guys. <laughs>